Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you so very much for taking a moment with us to take a look at the book. We're going to continue our study from my series, Alignment of the Nations. And this time we'll be listening to some of what I had to say about Satan's subtle strategy. Indeed, he is bringing all the nations of the world together to ultimately accomplish his satanic goals. This is a must-listen. If you can take just a moment with us and listen to what I have to say about Satan's subtle strategy as it relates to the alignment of nations, I'll come right back and tell you how you can get your copy of this entire five-hour series on CD entitled Alignment of the Nations. Take a moment with me now and let's listen to the study. Daniel chapter 10. Here's the third strategy of Satan that's going to be instituted. The first one, hey, I'll confuse them, use deception, take domination of them. The second one was, well, that didn't work, so maybe I better contaminate. I'll defile the bloodstream. That doesn't work. Now he's going to take control of the nations. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, let me set the scene for you. The Babylonian empire has fallen. The Medo-Persian empire has come into existence. Daniel doesn't go back with those 50,000 that went back with Zerubbabel to rebuild the temple in the city of Jerusalem. Well, 50,000, 49,897 to be exact. He doesn't go back with them. He stays in the Persian Empire. He's given a place of leadership in the Persian Empire. Had a little difficulty. Sixth chapter of the book of Daniel. Remember, he wanted to bow and pray three times a day. And he said, you don't bow and pray to anybody except that obelisk you see out there. And he was thrown in the lion's den. But... Uh, he came out okay on that one. An angel. Do you ever notice that? Daniel 6, 22. An angel, Daniel said, shut up the mouths of these lions. My angel. Oh, I love that. Anyway, uh, so Daniel now, he's in the Medo-Persian Empire, and he's got it all together. And he says, I need a message from God on what to do. I want to know what's the rest of it. And God, you know, there's not one negative statement ever in the Bible, any place, made about Daniel. Not one negative. All positive. And Daniel requests a messenger to come. That's Daniel chapter 10. He dispatched, God dispatches a messenger out of the heavenlies. Now, I believe that messenger was Jesus Christ. We can debate that. But I believe it was Christ, and if we, I won't discuss it now, but let's, whoever the messenger, don't let that confuse you. Whoever the messenger was, the messenger's coming from heaven. On his way to meet Daniel, look what happens. You got Daniel chapter 10? Look at verse 11. Daniel sees the messenger, and the messenger says unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. Daniel, when he saw the messenger, fell down before the messenger. And now the messenger says, Oh, Daniel, greatly beloved, stand up straight. And he stood up. Verse 12. Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand. By the way, there's the purpose for prophecy, folks. This is a practical court conference you've come to this week. To get an understanding of what's going on in our world, what's going to happen in our world. That gives you assurance, and it gives you the authority to go forth to preach the gospel. 
That was Daniel. From the time I set thy heart to understand, and then the second aspect in the practicality of prophecy is to chasten thyself before the Lord. Once we understand what's going on, we better get right with Jesus, hadn't we? Well, there's Daniel. Thy words were heard, the messenger says, and I come unto thy words. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, three, day, three weeks, twenty-one days. The prince of Persia. Now, what was the prince of Persia? Wait, keep reading. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Michael, commander-in-chief of the good angels in the heavenlies, an archangel, had to come to help this messenger deal with the prince of Persia. Who was the prince of Persia? It was an evil angel. Princes are angels here, in this, right in the context. You just read it. Michael the prince, one of the chief princes. And so this evil angel of Persia has come down, and he restrains and keeps this messenger from getting to Daniel for 21 days, three weeks. The prince of Persia. Look what it says over here in verse 20. And then, and by the way, he gives him the message. That's chapters 11 and 12 of the book of Daniel. Verse 20. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee, and now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia again? And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Greece shall come. You know what he's saying here in the 10th chapter of the book of Daniel? He is saying that from the first heaven, right above us here, folks, where Satan is headquartered, where all of his evil angels are, those evil angels are dispatched to the earth to take over nations. I told you an alignment of nations. I showed you how the origin of nations came into existence, how they were organized, that they were oppressed, the Jewish people, throughout history and into the prophetic future. What makes them do it? Satan dispatches an evil angel to come in to take charge of a leader of a nation. The prince of Persia. Have you ever read the book of Esther? The book of Esther. You know what that is? That's the Persian Empire. You know what happens? King Ahasuerus, the leader of the Persian Empire at that time, appoints a man named Haman to be his foreign minister, number two in the kingdom. And Haman, when he was not bowed to by Mordecai, said, we'll kill all these Jews. And he got the law of the Medes and Persians to be set. You don't change that one. And he said, we'll kill these Jews. Haman was one of the prince of Persia talked about right here. Haman was an Agagite, chapter 3 of the book of Esther. You know who an Agagite was? A descendant of Agag, 1 Samuel chapter 15. You know who Agag was? Agag was the king of the Amalekites. Remember Saul was to kill him? Didn't kill him? God said, repent of me ever made Saul king. Where's that little boy, David? Oh, by the way, Agag, king of the Amalekites. You know who the Amalekites were? The Amalekites were descendants of Amalek. Amalek, you know who he is? Genesis chapter 36. He's the grandson of a guy you've heard of. His name is Esau. You see what I just traced to you? Esau. Amalek. Agag. Haman. <laughs> and what was Esau going to do? Well, his father told him what he was going to do. You're going to shed the blood of your brother. Who's his brother? The Jew. 
Oh, by the way, Haman had a great-great-great-grandson. You know what his name was? Herod the Great. Oh, now you start to get the picture coming into focus a little bit. Oh, by the way, Herod the Great had a great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson. I'm not going to prove this. I'm going to simply say it to you. I have a tape on it, a study. His name is Yasser Arafat. From Esau to Arafat. Why? Because these satanic angels dispatched by Satan come into leaders. Oh, by the way, it said the prince of Greece. Have you ever heard a man named Antiochus Epiphanes? You see what happened after the Medo-Persian Empire was defeated? The Grecian Empire came into existence under Alexander the Great at 32. The youngest ruler of ever in the world dominated the world and died at 32. And then his kingdom was divided into four parts. And one of those parts is what we know as modern-day Syria. That's the king of the north. And the head of modern-day Syria at that point in time was Antiochus Epiphanes, the madman who came into Jerusalem. He came into Jerusalem on the 25th of December. 168 B.C. It was Keslov 25, the Jewish month, but that's the 25th of December. He went into the temple. He took a pig. He cut the pig open, took the innards of the pig out, and threw it on the altar and desecrated the temple. Three years till the day later, December 25th, 165 B.C., the Maccabees rose up. Judas and Matthias Maccabee rose up in the Maccabees. By the way, this is all prophesied in the book of Daniel, chapter 11. <laughs> 360 years before it ever happened. I love it, man. And the word of God so good, I can't stand it. Anyway, and, and, here, and, and here is Antiochus Epiphanes defeated by these guys called the Maccabees on the same day, three years the day later. <laughs> and they uh, found the menorah in the temple, and they're going to reconsecrate it. And they said, where's the oil for this menorah? Oh, man, you only got enough for one day? And that miraculously supplied oil for eight days. And they, they started a Jewish feast, which is called Hanukkah, or the Feast of Lights, or the Feast of Dedication, which in John 10, Jesus celebrated. You know why? Because in John 8, 9, and 11, he said, I'm the light of the world. This was my feast. <laughs> and by the way, you know why they selected December the 25th for Christmas? Because of Hanukkah. And as Paul Harvey would say, now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> and the word of God's so good. Oh, I love it. And so here it is, strategy number three. Take over the leadership of nations. Hey, let me ask you a question. What would make a man named Adolf Hitler take six million innocent people, their only crime, they were born Jewish, and put them in gas chambers and rip their teeth out for the gold? and take their innards and transplant it in somebody else just to see what would happen. What would make him do that? Public broadcasting system says this. Not Jimmy DeYoung, not a fundamentalist, not even a Bible scholar. Public broadcasting system says Adolf Hitler was totally involved in demonism, witchcraft, the occult. That's documented. He was a demon-possessed man. An angel had been dispatched from the first heaven. It's Daniel chapter 10 principle in Adolf Hitler. Next time we get together, I'm going to talk about Islam. What makes those people? You look at the nations, the lowest common denominator in all the nations that are going to come against Israel is the Islamic faith.
What made Islam come into existence? Why do they want to kill the Jew? Demonic influence. Thank you very much for taking a few moments with us to come to a better understanding of Satan's subtle strategy as it relates to the alignment of the nations in the last days. The nations aligning is one of those four major trends that we will see as evident in our world leading up to the return of Jesus Christ. This prophetic five-part audio series includes Mankind's Master Plan, Satan's Subtle Strategy, Ishmael to Islam, Alignment of the Nations, and Here Comes the Antichrist. You can get your copy of this five-hour, five-part audio series on CD by calling our toll-free number, 8-Prophecy-8. That's translated into 877-674-3298. Or go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and make your order. You need to listen to Alignment of the Nations. It'll help you understand why things are happening in our world as they are today. Again, that phone number, 8-Prophecy-8, 877-674-3298. Call today to get your copy of Alignment of the Nations. Thank you very much. And Jimmy DeYoung here reminding you that Jesus Christ could come today. So let's keep looking up until...